said Tom Herman denies, you know, blah, blah, blah. Both times, because they came like an hour apart, I thought it said Tom Herman dies. And I about <laughs> crap myself. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And then I read, I was like, oh. Okay, breaking news. Oh, we got it. Here we go. Wow. LeBron to the Lakers. Is that official? Official from Woj. Wow. Four years, $154 million. Wow. Wow. Man. Hate to see it. You hate to see it. I kind of, I mean, those are how the team leaves. Darn it. Come on. Ty should feel like a win. No. It does not feel like a win. Oh, man. I'll say that. I'll say they, that. They say, they say a tie is like kissing your sister, but for the Browns, it's like kissing your hot stepsister. <laughs> Now here are your host of the short thing, Warren Shore and Ryan Silva. Thanks everybody for tuning into the short thing here on Talk Radio 1190. I'm your host, Warren Shore, here with Ryan Silva as always. Uh, we are here every Sunday night from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1190. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, wherever you may listen to your podcast at. That is The Sure Thing. That is S-E-H-O-R-R. And we're also on Twitter at The Sure Thing. We'll try and sometimes put out a new episode during the week if there are new things going on. But we do do that during football season. We give a little picks against the spread segment. And so you could track that with us coming up uh, in a couple of months. So we'll get back to that as we are here on Father's Day. Uh, so happy Father's Day to everybody out there, especially my dad. And also uh, would like to wish my sister. It is my sister Madeline's birthday today. So happy birthday to Madeline. She gets the short end of the stick as she uh, shares her birthday with Father's Day every couple of years. And when she was growing up, she was never a fan of sharing uh, her birthday on Father's Day. Yeah, that's tough. That's, uh, you know, brutal. Yeah, happy Father's Day uh, to uh, my stepdad as well, Jarvis, and to my new father-in-law, Jeff. I don't think he's uh, he's tuned in, but that's all right. He's probably tuned in the golf. Yeah, he definitely he's definitely locked in that. Uh, funny quick story before we get into stuff. So um, Jamie's younger brother, he's going to school at Tech, but he, he obviously came home for the summer, and he brought his PlayStation uh, home. And so he has. He also has a gaming PC. I think I've told you about. Well, uh, my my father in law went out and bought um, whatever. I know it used to be Tiger Woods. What's the new golf game on on PlayStation? I don't know, but there's one just called the Golf Club on Xbox. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what it is. Okay. Well, he you know he went out and bought what whatever he bought. He brought it home, and uh, Jamie said her mom told her that he had been playing that for hours and just just putting in some work on the PlayStation. The the dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I remember. I look the Tiger Woods golf game was great. Oh, amazing! I loved it. Yeah, they need to bring that back, and they need to bring NCAA football 2019. They need to bring NCAA football back and Tiger Woods golf and MVP baseball. Yes, uh, Xbox needs a good baseball. Yeah, that is that's like the one part where Xbox really is uh, struggling. Yeah, I actually went uh, golfing today. Uh, I don't know if you caught the IG story, but laser show by my dad out there. It was, and I'm not even kidding. Like, uh, I know you said the last couple times you went out, it was a little bleak for well, Earl Brian. Well, the great debacle in, in February at Old American, that we thought that could have been the day the clubs are going to hung up forever. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying that jokingly, but it was uh, literally the worst round of golf I think I've ever seen him play. 
Uh, and well, we've been playing golf. Okay, I'm 27, so probably 19 years. The worst golf I've ever seen him play in 19. He's like 18 handicap. Uh-huh. So just the a- he's the average guy. Right. But boy, it was Frisco Lakes. We got stuck behind the slowest group, and I have to blame why we were stuck behind the slowest group. Whataburger. <laughs> the service of Whataburger two days after the sale, lacking at the one on Stonebrook and 423. We just ordered some nice t- taquitos in before we were going to play golf. Yeah. Suckers took forever to come out. Yeah. I mean, my personal experience with Whataburger is it's always been a long wait no matter what you do at the drive-thru. Uh, there's a kind of a joke in my family. We call it wait a burger because you're going to wait. A good, this was, we went inside. Oh, wow. Inside oh, the, not tough. have to go the wait. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was a long, it was a wait. It was a wait. Uh, but yeah, we were out there golfing and these guys were taking forever. We barely finished just before the rain uh-huh. as we now have our customary 3.30 PM Sunday, uh, Monsoon. <laughs> Thunderstorm that comes in. This is taken away from the now weekly Saturday rain. This is now the Sunday 3.30 uh, rain. So hopefully, look, member members at Merido next weekend, mm-hmm. hopefully we can get these things done before the rain uh, comes in next week. But these guys were so bad ahead of us. Uh, they got paired up. The two two sums got paired up together. They were atrocious. Uh, you didn't ask them for the old playthrough? Well, there were guys ahead of them. It was kind of a – we were in a tough spot because yeah. – there was a couple. There was a group ahead of them that they weren't far enough ahead. They weren't far enough behind. Right. So we're. Eh, it was tough. I uh, figured. I figured the course would be pretty stacked today. Yeah. Well, we called earlier and they said just come on out now and we'll get you out. Oh wow. So I think stopping for breakfast kind of hindered us a little bit. But yeah. what are you? What are you gonna, gonna do? do? Uh, yeah. So we'll segue that into the U.S. Open uh, golf. Oh, first planning ahead of the show uh, should do that. Uh, gonna dive into the NBA as the finals have wrapped up. And we'll take a look at the Anthony Davis trade. No going. pun intended. Wrapped huh? up. No pun intended. Wrapped, no pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, uh, we'll take a look at the trade that went down in the NBA yesterday. We will also get an update on how Ryan's search per Premier League team is going. Don't think we're going to get an answer this week. No, not yet. Uh, we'll stall it out another week. We got to take this serious. I mean, if I'm going to pledge my allegiance to a team, I've got to be locked in. Well, you you'll have to listen to my uh, theory on this. When we talk about Perfect. it at the forty-five, because uh, I was gonna say we're gonna need we're gonna need some extensive time here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's I think it's hard just to pick someone. That's what mm-hmm. I'll leave it uh, at that there. And then we will touch on the Rangers a little bit if we have time. But uh, the U.S. Open, Justin Rose has been incredible around the greens, but he is two back now of Gary Woodland as they're on the twelfth hole, thirteenth hole actually, uh, one up on Brooks Kepka. And it's pretty much a three-horse race to me. Woodland, Kepka, and Rose. Maybe Shez Reevy has a chance. He's in the same group as Brooks, but he's four back. Shoffley's out of it. Doesn't have enough holes left. They're on 18. So it's pretty much four-horse race or three-horse race going on. Woodland, if you listen to our show on third on Wednesday, do you remember what I said about Gary Woodland? The little, quick little chime in. Yeah. Uh, so we're sweating the bullets here. As I said, I don't think Gary Woodland's going to win, so don't take him. And he was like 60 to 70 to 1. Uh, so that's where I stood there. We both had Brooks. I think we both picked Brooks, right? Right. Yeah. Which really is not going out on some type of, uh, outlandish, uh, outlandish pick. Uh, Xander, one of our guys I had for top five overall, I don't know how much you got to watch this week, this whole U S open, but what are your thoughts on pebble? A lot of players are glad they didn't mess up the course. Like last year, Chinnacock, uh, no wind is, is why the scores are fairly low. 
out there. Kind of looks like the normal PGA Tour event in February. So, what are your just overall thoughts? Um, yeah, I watched. I watched a good portion of Friday. Yesterday, I was on the baseball fields all day long from seven a.m. to to ten thirty. Was the last game oh, finished up? Yeah, it was tough. brutal. It was it was a long day. Definitely needed powder up. Didn't sure. <laughs> yeah, summer's here. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh, but uh, no, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't get to watch a whole lot uh, yesterday or today. Running back and forth between families with Father's Day. But I mean, from what I was talking with my father-in-law, because he was pretty locked in. Um, Justin Rose was playing was playing really well. Um, I think I saw a Saturday partway through, like holes one through seven. Players were twenty-one uh, yeah. under par, mm-hmm. and then eight through eighteen, there was like five hundred and twenty-seven over par. Yep. So you know, if is if you if you weren't staying in the fairway, you were having some trouble. I think it was was it thirteen. Tiger had a he had a a decent chip in approach, or he had he actually did have a good um uh chip from the rough that landed maybe about ten twelve feet away. Uh, ended up two putting. Uh, but there was a couple guys that that um, was that Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. I didn't get to see a lot of Tiger on Friday. That was Friday. Um and uh, so you know as long as you stayed straight, I mean, go figure. Yeah. You, you seem pretty good. Um. Putting didn't seem too tough. I think after Friday, I thought I thought after Friday they might move the pins a little bit more because everyone did have such a good day, and you're used to seeing uh, much lower scores and the much lower scores in the U.S. Open uh, than uh, than what we were seeing. I think maybe I'm wrong. No, no, no. Usually the U.S. Open last in 2010 when Graham McDowell won even par one, but right. So now Gary Woodland's at 11 under. The thing is, then uh, if you take back and look at some videos, the the they got poana grass out there, and it's very uneven. Mm-hmm. They really let these things go, and it was patchy. Yeah, and balls were weaving, like bobbing and weaving. And I just think they let the course, they set the course up easier, letting it, letting the weather dictate what the score was, and with no wind. Yeah, wind is the only defense at Pebble Beach, and there's no wind and the greens. Now you're starting to get a little trampoline effect where they're taking big first hops. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday and today, it's just easier for them to stop them. Uh, let's take a break here and then talk. I got a, I have a couple guys who are disappointing I want to talk about, and then we'll dive into the – Huh? Sneds. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, boy, I've been dog-cussing his name all weekend <laughs> long. Um, but, uh, he, look, he's not the main disappointment. But uh, I got a couple guys that I'm disappointed in. I don't know if you have a couple, but we'll get into a little more talk before we get – U.S. Open talk before we get into the NBA talk here on Talk Radio 1190. Johnny Cantrell at Texas Nissan, a great dealer. All right, back here, Short Thing Talk, Rate 1190. Warren and Ryan here with you until the uh, top of the hour. We are talking about the U.S. Open still going on as West Coast. Like primetime golf, uh, ratings should be pretty solid, I would say. For this one, Gary Woodland still up one as they're playing 13. He missed a green. Uh, so we'll see. I think he's got to get up and down for par. But we were talking about disappointments going in, uh, leading into the break there. Snedeker, look, I don't want to call him a huge disappointment. I was just hoping he would sniff a top 20. Right. Getting 75th or whatever he was at, not great. Not great. Uh, I was pumping up the story, so I was hoping he was going to, like, have another legend. Like, that story would have been great if he would have been, like, top five or, like, in the mix. But So that takes it away from it. But my biggest disappointment is DJ. Yeah. He <clears throat> He was... He was at uh hundred. He was at fifteen to one going into into Saturday. 
to win. So I put a little money on him at 15 to 1 because he was hitting the ball so well on Thursday and Friday. Just couldn't get any putts to go in, which seemed like pretty typical DJ, just as my dad says, saran wrap on the hole, just Mm -hmm. burning edges. And he just continued to not make any putts. So he was disappointing. Spieth, also big time disappointment this week. Things were trending in the right direction. And I was a little skeptical of the last couple performances by Spieth. I've said it on there. But I kind of, I don't want to say I bought in, but I was expecting he's got good course history at Pebble. He was not good this week. He finished, he shot 76 today, so five over. He was pretty bad. And then uh, I don't want to say Rory, I'm disappointed in him because he plays, played pretty solid, but he's little le- little left to be desired with uh, old uh, Roars out there. Yeah, my biggest disappointment, which is the guy that we talked about uh, pretty extensively, we have covered uh, quite a bit when we do do our midweek shows, is Ricky. Starts off with a 66, and you're like, all right, let's go. Maybe this guy's going to do something. Falls up the next day, shoots six over, six over 77, and and it was just kind of like the same old story for for Ricky. And so, you know, that's tough. He comes out and finishes up with uh, even par on yesterday and then shoots one over today to finish it two over. And it's just like, man, you start out 66 and you follow it up with uh, six over the next day. Like, how how do you do that? So I think that was a big disappointment uh, for me. Another one personally is the Cooch because I had him finishing top 10. And he looked like he might do that. Yeah, boy, where is he at? He is. Uh, what's he doing today? He not well. I I just had oh, him he's here. Three over. Three over. Yeah. And Man. he was another guy. I think I think he shot sixty nine um, uh, on Friday. And he was another guy that was like the, he was uh, two off the lead yesterday. He was eight under. Okay, so yeah, so say that's what I'm saying. He he was looking really good. He was cooking. I was like, all right, you know, again, maybe maybe we're gonna pull some out here with Cooch. And then uh, yeah, here. Okay, so here he is. Yeah, he's. So, you know, he goes 69-69, which was pretty nice, and then he goes 70 on Sunday, and you're like, all right, you know, he's, he's right. Like you said, he was two off the lead, and then nothing today. He's, shoot, he's at three over on the day, um, and who there was one? Oh, my boy, I, I pick him every week because I think he's going to do it, Bryson DeChambeau, another guy. He got out to a little bit of a nice start. He did. He, it was real nice. 69 again on Friday, then finishes it up with three over and two over uh, Friday and Saturday, respectively, and then bookends it with another nice uh, round of, of 69. So it's like, yeah. you know, he, he's he was he's a guy that I I always feel like he's like right there too. Like just not not right, maybe right there though to win it, but to just kind of like have just kind of bust through that ceiling to kind of start being, uh, you know, maybe one of the guys that you talk about every week to be yeah, on the watch. Yeah, he's been a little disappointing in majors. You just expect more out of them, I think. Um but Justin Rose now makes another bogey, so he's three back of Woodland uh, as they go to 14. Woodland's still up, one on Kepka, Kepka in the rough on 15. So shots seem to be getting a little wayward here down the stretch. Tiger, look, I thought he'd be in the mix, and he just couldn't get the putter going. Could not get the putter going on Thursday, Friday, uh, and that pretty much even yesterday he couldn't he couldn't get off to a hot start. And like you said, you got to you got to everyone knows you got to get off to a hot start mm-hmm. one through seven. He didn't do that. And did you see our last thing we'll touch on on golf? Did you see the Patrick Reed implosion? Oh yeah, I mean, who, <laughs> if you if you have any source of technology or social <laughs> oh, media, you that saw that. So good, that was so good. Oh, I, you know what? I I thought I was hope. Man, that was so funny. He just tufts a chip. His second chip on 18 on Friday, and that was he needed to make that putt to make the cut. Yeah. On uh, well, after his chip, so he made a bogey. He just snapped it right over his knee, 
and uh, just hands it over to the caddy. That was too funny. Yeah, it was. That is. It pre- was funny because like right after he snapped it, like you said, hands it over to him, pulls out another club all casually, like he didn't just freaking <laughs> yeah. snap his his wedge right over his leg or whatever it was that he was yeah. using. It was it was, it was very funny that uh, you know how how that whole series played out. Yeah, that was funny. All right, so we'll. Uh, it's, I know it's not going to finish before we're off the air, so we'll keep you up to date on this. But now we don't go over to the NBA. We'll start off with the finals first, as the Raptors win the championship and they win it in six against the Warriors. As uh, I would say, the dynasty is done. I know. I know Draymond and Steph are like, no, no, we're not done. Uh, it's done. Uh, even if they sign Katie and Clay. To a if Duran opts in or whatever, yeah, it's cooked. I don't know. You sign Clay and then bring a guy back like maybe Harrison Barnes, and they might be <laughs> okay. right back in it. I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna run that joke right. That's into the fine. Ground. That's fine. Right you into the ground. I'm gonna run <laughs> it right into the ground. But okay, they're not. The dynasty's at least over for next year. Yeah, I think you need to take a look at them. They're out. They're out of the picture next year. But because Clay's out until. February at the earliest. Right. So you got to think March is when he's going to start playing. Durant, they've already ruled him out for next season. Now, maybe in the playoffs, are we going to have some Willis Reed type of moment in the Western Conference Finals if, say, he re signs with the Warriors? Or the Eastern Conference Finals with the Knicks. Yes, but I'm just saying with the Warriors here. Right. Uh, opts in or takes the max, whatever. He's going to come back and you're going to have the guy who's never played basketball right in the playoffs. We saw how that worked out for him this time. Right. Pop the Achilles. So, look, it's the Steph show next year, and for all the Steph fanboys out there, it's a big year for them because if he misses the playoffs with this team, it is, I mean. I don't think they'd miss the playoffs. Oh, I don't know. I don't think. I think that's, I mean, you're going to go from, granted, you do have, you know. Look who they got, though. Clay's out till March. Yeah. No, I know. Like I say, I mean. They're, they'll find a way. I mean, obviously, Boogie's going to be a free agent, so that's going to clear up. I mean, maybe five, six million dollars. Like they're going to they're going to be able to find some pieces. Free agents are going to want to go to Golden State, and maybe it's not going to be your big name free agents because they probably won't have the cap room. for They it. have zero cap, but room. you're going to be able to get some some good pieces, and I think they'll still make the playoffs. What do you mean, like good pieces? Some some better role players than what they have now. Uh, I mean, because their strong suit back in 2015, 2016, 2017 was their bench. Yeah, you know they were they were super deep, and they're they're. You know, second unit could uh, score, you know, probably not as well as their first unit, but could keep things in check and play good defense. Whereas this year they were, they had zero. Well, because they can't sign any guys. They have no room. That's good. They can only sign the vet men guys. You're not going to want to league minimum guys, or they have the taxpayer mid level, which is like 3 million. They can't sign anyone. But I mean, for, for, I I just don't see them missing the playoffs. If they do, though, it's going to be a huge blow, like I said, to Steph and all his stands out there. The slander is going to be – look, the slander is hot out there in the streets right now. As Let's say go go look back to game six. Clay with the injury, obviously that was a huge, huge Huge. part of the game. He had 30 points at that point. Yes. And, look, I'm not saying the Warriors would have gone on to win the game if he doesn't get hurt, but they were in a real nice position to win. Right. Said game, and I don't know if they would have had the horses just to come back in Game Seven at home on the road to win it, but the pressure of Toronto might have might have been able to get them. But uh, I don't. You tweeted uh, that Steph it it did not. It Steph was not taking a shot in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But the problem was they were like triple team. They were. They, they were, were like it wasn't like he was open and passing up. He was. He had two guys on him 
all the time. No, 100%. Like, their help side defense was really good on Steph. Anytime yes. they tried to run a pick and roll, they just abandoned whoever was setting the screen and would just just swarm Steph. So I, I do agree. Um, I had one of my other buddies, he tweeted back at me. He said, what, you just want him chucking up half-court shots and triple <laughs> yeah, coverage? Yeah. And, you know, I sarcastically uh, tweeted back. He said, yep. Yeah. But, you know, like, the, my, my whole point was, and maybe this is kind of dumb basketball fan or hack radio guy, but it's like, I feel like the good, the your your good team leaders are going to find a way to create shots for themselves no, or they put do. themselves in spots to get good looks. Whether it's you know maybe not set not not chucking up threes like we're accustomed to, but you know getting into the paint, just being able to pull up maybe a jumper from the elbow about ten twelve feet out, something like that, just something to get yourself involved in the in the offense. And I feel like a big reason why he missed that shot at the end was just because he hadn't gotten any shots up prior to that to kind of keep in a rhythm or stay in a rhythm. Or how about just say you know what I'm gonna have to drive to the hole and make take some contact and it's gonna yeah. hurt for a couple minutes, but. This is what I'm going to have to do to open some other things up. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Draymond cannot make a three. Right. Like, or he's 20% from three. And Igudala, look, he was phenomenal in game. That guy shows up when you like least expect him to in like the biggest games right. of the biggest games. But they have nobody else that can really shoot. But like we've been saying, you're the star. Mm-hmm. You're the guy. You've been put up on this pedestal of being. The he did change the NBA with his shooting. Yeah, I, we both agree on that. But he's been the he's been the glorified chosen one in the league for the last however many years, uh, since 2014. Of oh my God, look at this! And when it comes down to crunch time, he did hit a big three in Game Five to tie it up. It's just he didn't. You just need more. You need more from your guys, and they're looking for you. And he just couldn't. He couldn't do it. And. We all know the stats. He's 0 of 9 and 25 or seconds left and tying, tying, game tying or go ahead threes right. in, in the playoffs. And me, look, there are a lot of people that was hoping that three was going to miss. And I mean, I was one of them. I, mean, I, got hey, I tweeted, I tweeted out the, the basketball reference. Uh, yeah. That, that post, I retweeted it. Yeah. I said, Hey, might be lacking that clutch gene. Yeah. I don't like saying yeah, that. I, I know. I do I, that facetiously. No, but, I, know, you know I, mean. I know. I know. I know. Because he's taken over games in the playoffs and oh, it's been. Time. I mean, one of the biggest shots I remember is he just inside half court against Oklahoma City when they were going back and forth. I mean, that was a huge shot. I remember watching that and just going, holy crap, can't believe this dude just made that shot. So obviously he has made big shots in big moments. But you always like to highlight the ones that sure. that you can. And you want to have your you want to have the stats go in your favor right. when you're trying to prove a point. And he's James Harden at least has made one. Right. He's one of eleven, so he's at least made one. Part of it's been Steph. They've been up so much they don't need to do anything in crunch time in the playoffs. But look, that was a great look too. It wasn't like it right. was a tough. That was the best look he had. And he just it missed. I kept uh, I kept a tweet in the holster. I was gonna tweet out maybe if he had that wide open shot from the tunnel, he makes it. <laughs> That's pretty good. You right. should have said yeah, that. That would have been a good one. Huh? You should have done that. That was a good one. Uh, uh, getting back to Draymond though, um, Chris Webber. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, but everybody, Chris Webber. Yeah, they weren't gonna win anyways. Right. And and um. Uh, I think it was Jeff Van Gundy was saying, oh, that's that's the right call. That's what you got to do. Give yourself a little extra time because otherwise the clock would have ran out. But it's like, you know, that's a, it's it's one of those where, like, you take the safety so that you don't have to kick off in football or something like, you know what I mean? It's like one of those where yeah. you, you take a couple steps back to try to take three more forward. Um, but getting back to him, I mean, he had a, he had a good game. Um, uh, 11 points, 15, 19 rebounds, excuse me, 13 assists, but eight turnovers. And they weren't just like, you know, the ball's getting stripped, the ball's getting poked away from him. He looked like, you know, 
I don't even the Jay Cutler out there just yeah they were not good just throwing it to the other team like he that's one thing if you're not gonna be shooting well like he hasn't been almost the entire year you got to take care of the ball and yeah you pull down 19 boards which is huge 15 of them on the defensive side I mean that's great yeah. limiting second chance points but you have got to take care of the ball because obviously those turnovers majority of them are probably gonna add, are going to lead to points uh, points against so you 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 know that 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 was a huge blemish you want to talk about the 19 rebounds you got to see those those eight turnovers as well yeah. All right, so we'll continue talking the finals as we come back here on the short thing, and we'll get into the Anthony Davis trade that went down yesterday and how that shapes up the Western Conference. That's coming up next to your short thing on Talk Radio 1190. Johnny. Warren and Ryan here with you for the next 25 minutes on The Short Thing. Talk Radio 1190. Check us out at Apple Podcasts, wherever else you may listen to your podcast at The Short Thing as well. Coming up in our final segment, we get an update on Ryan's search for a Premier League team, and we'll touch on the uh, Women's World Cup as they were definitely in the headlines, uh, not necessarily for today's game, but for their game against Thailand on Tuesday. All right, we're talking NBA Finals. As well, I think we need to give the we need to talk about the Raptors because oh, yeah, we sure. have not talked about them at all. Uh, Kyle Lowry has been one of getting slandered on the show by both both of us, but the last couple of weeks it's been more from uh, from me from Ryan than me. He was phenomenal in the first quarter. Great. Uh, second and third quarter were a little shaky, but he made some big shots towards the end. The one that rattled, hit the rim, hit the backboard, then hit the rim again. That put him up six with like two minutes to go. That was a huge shot. Uh, and uh, Masai Ujiri, he is uh, look. He had the he had the stones to make the trade for Kawhi. I thought at the time it was a no brainer as you're just upgrading Kawhi Leonard for Demar Derozan. Like how can you you watch basketball? Like how can you not do that trade even if it was for one year? And look, it worked out. They won the title. So even if Kawhi leaves, like I don't think look, Toronto fans could be disappointed and sad that he's not staying around. But I mean, you won a title. You've never done it before. And I think it is almost kind of fitting that Toronto was the, I said this when they made the finals, that they are the team that come out of the East after they were just LeBron's whipping boy in the East for the last four years since he's been back to in Cleveland. So it is fitting that when he's gone now that the team that just got just steamrolled by them is the team that kind of takes the torch in the Eastern Conference, say it for one year, and they win the title. Right. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, this this was best-case scenario, obviously, for Kawhi, or excuse me, for Raptors fans with Kawhi. This is why you make the trade, to get you over that hump. Um, and, you know, you take it for what it was, a one good year. He got you to that title. You won it, and now it's just you know maybe he maybe resigns. He resigns. Maybe he does. Maybe he likes it there. Maybe he thinks, especially um, you know if Golden State is in shambles like people think they're they're going to be without KD and without Clay, that a path to the finals is or to another championship is you know a little bit easier or not as not as tough. I mean the Bucks are still going to be really good. I don't know what you can expect from the Sixers in the East. Um, so if Kawhi does come back, maybe he he he's thinking hey. This is what he because even though he him and Pop clash heads so much, I think they're very similar in yeah. in the mindset of we're playing this game to win championships, and I'm gonna put myself in the best position possible to do that. And I think I think Toronto it's probably not number one spot, but it, it's it's a good spot for yeah. him. And when they're good it, and say, look, Kyle Lowry leaves, the, you don't re-sign Lowry next year. You get a better point guard, right? You can still get better. They're gonna have cap room, you know. 
Ujiri's going to take risks. Yeah. He is the anti-Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge takes no risks. Right. He just collects assets. But when his assets come time to use, he just lets them. He doesn't use them. They collect dust. Right. And Ujiri will use those. And I don't think, like, Pop and Kawhi, their disagreement was that Kawhi is healthy to play, and Kawhi's like, no, I'm not. Right. I think that's what it comes down to. I think that's where the animosity, if there is any more, was. It was over their definitions of playing, getting ready to play or not. Hurt or injured. Yeah, hurt or injured. And and uh, look, it worked out for Kawhi as he won the title. So it's a great story for the Raptors and the whole country and all that type of stuff. Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. It was so Fred Van Vliet was playing so well. Steph, Steph said, "I'm getting off of him." <laughs> yeah, you saw that. That, saw that. that was brutal. I'm sorry. I mean, that's another one right there. That's Every, your guy. That's your MVP. Everyone wants to always send out the uh, the video of when LeBron was playing with the Heat and uh, they were playing the Spurs. And he stands at the free throw line and he sees Kawhi check back in and he just kind of goes, "Damn." You know, because he sees Kawhi come back, and then I said, "Oh, this is uh, this is your king. This is how I don't even he think feels that's bad, right? Definitely not. But when you are saying, hey, I do not want to guard this guy. <laughs> yes. Please come guard him.' That is tough. Fred Van Vliet, yeah. a dude that didn't get drafted. I mean, he was great at Wichita State. Didn't get drafted. Fifteenth man so on the Ron roster. Baker, but it's like you know what I mean. You know, I'm agreeing with you. It's like yeah, he was he was lights out, and the fact that. Hubie Brown voted him MVP. Well, I don't think Hubie Brown realized it was for the series. For the series. I think he might have thought it was one <laughs> for game. The game. And look, he was deserving of the game six for no doubt MVP no doubt. as there was because he brought him back in it. Yeah. Oh, he hit some huge shots. Yeah. Um, and I think Golden State's defense was so focused on Kawhi that they were like, "We're not going to let this yeah. guy beat us." And instead. Van Vliet was able to get positioning on the three-point line every single time, get his shoulder squared to the basket, and just knock down huge shot after huge shot for him to keep him in the game and to keep, uh, you know, maybe even put him ahead a little bit more. So, I mean, that great story for him. Obviously, he struggled mightily, and then all of a sudden he pops out a kid. Well, he doesn't, but he has a kid. His yeah. wife does, and he just, you know, turns it to a different level, has half his tooth missing, has a black eye. Like, it, you know, that's a great story uh, there as a part of the whole the whole Raptors you know, saga as this season went. Yeah, quick interlude here. The Justin Rose wheels are falling off. He's oh, two over now. He's hidden in the bunker. He's four back. It's a Woodland Kepka show. Woodland's up by two, going to 15. Uh, he's 12 under. Brooks is 10 under. So is I Brooks, think Brooks is in at 15 two in the final group? He's in 16. Okay. He's one group ahead. So I'm thinking, uh, look, Gary Woodland, who I said I didn't think he was going to win, is going to win. Is in great shape to win this field, so, which is fine. Look, right? Hey, I didn't. I I don't know if I thought he was going to contend, but I just didn't think like this is a this is a Gary Woodland. I don't. I mean, hits it far. Right. I don't think this is Gary Woodland. That's fine. One more thing before we go to the AD trade. Uh, this guy, the Warriors media, uh, first of all, needs to be put down on a on a take a knock off of their pedestal here as I've been saying but Logan Murdoch guy writes for the Warriors reporter for NBC authentic which is like the uh, NBC so they have NBC Sportsnet out there where they show the Warriors games he says the Lakers acquisition of AD is the first clear sign that the rest of the league is coming for the Warriors crown <laughs> I would like to know what crown the Warriors have, as people have been joking. Uh, did you watch the game on Thursday night? Because <laughs> the crown is in Toronto, or are now we just talking about Western Conference champions crowns, which would be a real a real shame that the Warriors, a team that has just 
crowned themselves for the last four years of what a great dynasty. They're now touting Western Conference championships. So Logan Murdoch, tough one, tough one there. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, <laughs> you have a little self awareness there, guy. A little self awareness, I would agree. So he got drugged today. Which look, I'm always fine when Warriors media guys get uh, drugged. So to the AD trade, they get uh, the Lakers get Anthony Davis. The Pelicans get three first round picks, including the number four pick, which is on Thursday night's draft. They get two more first round picks there with pick swap rights. Turns out to be the Pelicans have control over the Lakers' first round picks for the next seven years. That's wild. And then they get Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. That was it, right? Yep. So those three players, three first-round picks, including the pick on Thursday night. And I saw your tweet. I want to start off with this. That I was going to respond, but I wanted to save it for the show. You said that you don't understand why the Lakers didn't make this trade in, in February or earlier in the season. I don't think it was up to the Lakers to make this trade in January or February, because the Pelicans had to agree to it. So right. I, I guess I'm kind of confused on what you're trying to say. See, yeah, I mean, I, I what I'm thinking is, see, my thought process because I've kind of backed off that that tweet too, um, because a obviously new GM with David Griffin, yes, uh, New Orleans, and Magic Johnson's out with the Lakers. Yeah, so those are two factors that yeah, I didn't really factor in when I sent off that tweet. Um, and now, yeah, you're right that it maybe wasn't up to the Lakers only. But my thought process there was the Pelicans had the asset that they maybe or maybe not were trying to get rid of because they knew, hey, we're, we're not going to bring this guy back. So not saying that they that the Lakers were in the position of saying, all right, this is what um, you get, take it or leave it. But you know, my but what I was thinking was the Pelicans. Is is this a package that the Lakers offered initially? Well, no, because the fourth pick wasn't involved. It right. all changed with the lottery. With the, with the, with get, the lottery, that's the that was the other factor that well, that they uh, didn't they did they just had that they were going to be in the lottery. It wasn't that oh this pick is going to be number four. Right, it could have been eight or nine. Or if whatever. it's eleven, I don't right. You don't they don't. Well, you still want the eleventh pick, but it's not like a wow. We really need this trade, right? For sure. So no, yeah, you're you're right. Like I said, I, I in my mind after thinking about it for a little bit, that was kind of just my uh, reactionary. No, yeah, yeah, that's. Thought, I was just I was just I guess a little confused on, which is fine. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just I guess I didn't know what you were looking for because I just thought that, of course, the Lake. I thought that when I heard the Lakers are unwilling to give up Kuzma. I'm just thinking, you got to be kidding me. Seriously, you're not going to give Kyle Kuzma for Anthony Davis, right. who's 25 years old? Yeah, no. Like, I, I mean, that's insane. And, uh, you know, obviously Josh Hart isn't a big piece, but I think that was I think that was a big piece for the Lakers to give up. I mean, he was a good guy off the bench for, that, for them, put up some good numbers. He was kind of an unexpected piece, I think, uh, for the Lakers and started playing well. Um, the whole Lonzo, Brandon Ingram thing just really never worked out, especially Brandon Ingram. Um, he really never panned out. I mean, when he came out of Duke, there was talks of him being the next KD, and I think it was yeah. just kind of the body type. But, I mean, he can dribble the ball. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the three, and he, can, he plays deep, pretty well down in the post. So I think those um, pieces were – they just never really worked out for the Lakers, and I thought those were going to be, for sure, any package deal that was going to be sent to New Orleans, those two were going to be part of I still think Lonzo's going to be pretty good. The problem is he's been hurt a lot. Yeah. And another thing with AD, he's been hurt a lot too. Right. Like he is, he's got a little glassy. Is he's glass. But another thing too with that, a lot of times is 
hurt or injured, you know, because New Orleans isn't always in the thick I'm of things. I'm not even saying this year, though. I'm just saying in previous years. No, no, years, I know. In previous years, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that, too. You know, maybe he's not in a hurry to get back from, from these little nicks or whatever it may be, but he's also had pretty serious foot injuries and things like that, For too. Sure. So um, I, I think I saw, I saw uh, that the Pelicans plan on re-signing Drew Holiday or bringing Drew Holiday back and having him and Lonzo on the court at the same time. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, they're going to get Zion too. So I mean, I think I think New Orleans made out in this draft big time, or excuse me, in this trade big time. No, yeah, yeah. Look, I think you could say both teams were fine with the trade. Yeah, I mean, like sure. you're Anthony Davis. Yeah, with LeBron. And the other thing too, um, another tweet I sent out was the Lakers almost have to know that they're bringing somebody big in for free agent in free agency. They don't have year. a max slot open though. Now they they there's a possibility for them to get a max slot if. If this trade goes through after July 30th. But I don't think the – why would the Pelicans want to Help them that? out, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to do that. But who are there – like, is Kemba really the guy? I don't see how you could just – why you would want to waste that money on just one guy. Yeah. You need to – you're now in the team develop. You need to build a team. They're also going to be going after Kawhi, I saw too, which, I mean, well, everybody's going to okay, be going yeah. after Kawhi, yeah. Um. Okay, so – He's gonna. I, Ky, it doesn't sound like I thought Kyrie was gonna go there. It doesn't sound like that's happening. He seems locked in with the Nets. And I heard maybe D'Lo coming to Phoenix. Yeah, there's a lot of things going out there right now. Love would love that. Uh, but D, I've heard D'Angelo Russell could be going to the Knicks. Um, there's a lot of action going on yeah. around the NBA. But let's take a break here because I I got to. Uh, uh, we got to get some Danny Ainge slander on the show because <laughs> that guy, uh, him and Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens off the hook on this one, but it's time to slander Danny A. So that's coming up next. And then we'll get in on the Premier League team with uh, Ryan. Final segment, short thing. Final segment, Talk Radio 1190. Warren and Ryan here with you. We will be back next Sunday as well. We'll finally give the Rangers some love as they are in the second wildcard. Probably now. Got a couple of interesting decisions coming up with them, so we'll get into them next weekend. Expect more NBA draft talk or NBA talk the next couple of weeks. We'll get the draft next uh, Sunday or next Thursday, excuse me. And then free agency's coming up. Uh, so we're going to try and get our friend. We work with uh, Allianz. She was at the Women's World Cup game uh, with the U.S. today in Paris. So we'll see how that how that experience was at. So we'll talk to hopefully have her on for a little interview there next Sunday night. All right. So I said we need Danny Ainge slander. Last year it was reported that Danny Ainge didn't want to trade Jalen Brown for Kawhi Leonard. Didn't want to include him in a Kawhi Leonard trade. This year he didn't want to include him in the Anthony Davis trade. As his lasting hope to keep Kyrie Dave, or Kyrie Irving in Boston, what is he doing? And who are they going to sign now that thinks this team is going to be good? So they're just assuming that the Kyrie Irving loss is going to propel them. That hey, we were in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals uh, and we lost to LeBron. That now we're going to go back to being that good just because Kyrie's out of the room. Like, how can you not pull off any of those trades? Everyone says how good he is. No, he's terrible. He's great at accumulating assets. But I said earlier. He has no guts to pull the trigger on a big move when acquiring stuff. And acquiring Kyrie was easy because he knew how bad Isaiah Thomas's hip was. Right. So that was not hard to do. And how bad Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland. Yeah, but that wasn't – it was – yeah, so that was easy. But more Isaiah on the hip. Right. And the Cavs were stupid enough not to say, hey, we want Jalen Brown. They mm-hmm. they didn't really – well, we want the Brooklyn pick. Dan Gilbert was so focused on having the Brooklyn pick as something to look forward to after LeBron. And that LeBron. ended up kind of bite them in the butt because Brooklyn ended up being pretty decent. decent. Pretty yeah. good. 
Um, so yeah, so they wanted the pick rather than a young player. So he doesn't. He just doesn't pull the trigger. Uh, yeah, he's he's very. I mean, obviously, as much as you want to uh, slander Danny Ainge, which you, I mean, by all means, go Look, for he's it. He's a good GM, and he's made some good moves for sure. Um, and so, but he's one of those guys that he's always gonna be the smartest guy in the room, no matter what room he and steps into in his own mind. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, he kind of gets a pass there uh, or maybe gives himself a pass, but also gets a pass from a lot of people around the NBA because of, because of the <laughs> because of the uh, the deals he's made in the past. Obviously, the Brooklyn uh, Boston trade way back when. And yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, say what you will about the guy. But now looking back, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but not giving up. Jalen Brown for which is coming off. He's coming off a terrible year. Um not maybe not a terrible year, but a bad year, especially you know you know after the stats he put up last year. Same with Jason Tatum. You know they just had, I just feel like they had too many pieces and they didn't fit together. Yeah, um, oh, I agree. We both Gordon said that Kyrie. Yeah, so you know the fact that he wouldn't give up Jalen Brown for a choir for an AD, I think that's gonna set the Celtics back quite a bit because now with Kyrie leaving, um, Gordon Hayward obviously coming off a major injury, not didn't didn't not look good. great. And who's gonna be your starting point guard now? Terry Rozier. Yeah, you know. Another guy that took a step backwards this year from what they saw last year. Obviously, Kyrie Irving has a lot to do with that as well. So, you know, we'll see how much this really comes back to bite Danny uh, without, uh, you know, with with not moving Jalen Brown for one of these big pieces. So, I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for the Danny Ainge slander. It's just, it's just that he's, instance. as I've said, he's just, pull it, pull the trigger. Yeah. Make an aggressive move. That's what he hasn't done. Take a chance. I mean, he all the all the big moves he's made. Obviously, given away. Right. And and the Celtics always come out looking better, which obviously that's what you want to do as a as you know, when you are making a deal, but they've never made like a huge splash with the trade. Oh you can argue maybe the Kyrie trade, maybe. But like you said, he he kind of had like a well, safety net there. Well, now if Kyrie leaves, can you really yeah, say they you did say better? That? Right? The yeah, because I mean, what they they made one? Did they make the conference finals last year? Yeah, that's it. But Kyrie wasn't on the court. Yeah, yeah. That's Remember true. the Cavs went to game that's seven right, with yeah. them. Jason Tatum dunked on LeBron, and Marcus Morris yelled in LeBron's face, and then they lost. Yeah, that's, that's right. A tough look. That's right. So I mean, yeah, he he, he got out. What my point was, he always kind of has these safety nets Agreed. on these moves, and he doesn't ever just you know kind of jump out of the plane without a parachute and yeah. just make a big move. So uh, I also we got to talk to Mavericks because I think the AD trade. Uh, hurts them in a way. Uh, that's another team that's jumped over them, so we could get into that next yeah. week of teams that you have to jump over to make the playoffs. Who are those teams going to be in the West? Uh, and I've already saw some Dallas media saying, when are we going to reseed 1-16? to uh, So that's only a problem if you don't think you're good enough to make the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. as, as I read that. All right. So do you want to touch on the women 13 nothing game at all? Or, or sure, yeah, I mean, we can, yeah, spend a couple Look, of minutes on Look, I thought it was ridiculous. Canadian media was ripping on the U.S. for celebrating 13 nothing. Look, maybe they were celebrating too much, but if it's a girl's first goal in, ever in a World Cup, I'm really not going to fault someone. Or Carly Lloyd, who scored in her fifth straight World Cup game. That's pretty awesome. She scored again today for her sixth straight World Cup game. I mean, this happens once every four years. Can we have a little fun? Yeah, no doubt. And in the words of the great Herm Edwards, you play play to win the game. Yes. And, you know, and the fact that goal differential is the first tiebreaker, you have to put as many goals in the old onion bag as you can. And I think Thailand might have felt disrespected to just kick it around. Right. Oh, look, they probably weren't having fun either, but it's just what happens. They knew they were out. They outmatched. They scored a goal today against Sweden. That was great for them. First ever goal in the Women's World Cup. Were people uh, upset that they uh, celebrated? No, but the coach was in like tears that they scored a game. So you see how much it meant. Uh, Let's reel it in a little bit there, coach. It's a goal. <laughs> well, Come I on. mean, look, when you're getting smashed every time. <laughs> no, I know. I know, no, I know. It was pretty 
uh, pretty good for them. They play Thursday against Sweden. You might see the U.S. go for a loss here, I think, because they don't. They would play France in the quarters, mm. and France is pretty good. This is the deepest Women's World Cup, so we'll see that. All right, Premier League, Ryan. Yes. Uh, last week we talked about uh, you, or you said you wanted to get a Premier League team. You narrowed it down to Newcastle because of the beer, Chelsea because it's blue. Uh, and Didier Drogba. And Didier Drogba, uh, who might now be a coach, assistant coach there. With <laughs> the Chelsea legend Frank, lead. With, with, uh, Chelsea legend Frank Lampard probably taking over as their coach. And then it was Aston Villa, because you like them being called the villains. Yeah. Uh, Everton was in the mix at top five. Yep. And then uh, Wolverhampton Wolves, because they had a cool name. Yep. What was the three narrowed down to? I think I talked you kind of back into the top five. You talked me back into Everton. I talked you back into Everton big time. And the top, so the top three were Newcastle, Chelsea, um, Aston Villa. But the top two was really Chelsea and Aston Villa. Okay. So I, I'm, still, I'm still sitting at the four. But now since you talked me way back into Everton, I think they jumped Newcastle to number three. Okay. So in no particular order... Top three right now is Chelsea, Aston Villa, Everton. Okay, I would say this. Look, Premier League, uh, the fixture list came out. They call it fixtures. Is the, is the, the schedule came out this past week. and Going to have to learn this lingo. I also well, learned the standings look, is the table. The table, yes. The standings is the table. And then you obviously know three points for a win, one point yeah. for a draw. Yeah, that's, that is a given. But they'll go, oh, the fixture, the upcoming fixture list or whatever. And NBC Sports Network does do the uh, – it is. They keep it the same lingo as you would get when you're in England watching on uh, BBC or uh, BT Sport or whatever uh, TV. They're going up there. So uh, the first game I think is September is August 11th. They have the shortest off season in all of sports. It's yeah. it's it's fantastic. I would say this: you take a look at the fixtures. You don't decide until you watch them play. I feel like. See, I want to be. I want to. No, I, I know be you want. I know you want week one, but early on in the in the list, uh, where Newcastle was playing, I think Aston Villa early on. I know you want to be diving in there. Maybe you watch. Uh, there'll be some friendlies going on, but that's kind of that's kind of a that's like preseason football. Yeah, yeah, preseason. But their guys will play forty five minutes or the first half or something. But I feel like sometimes you view say these teams are pitting up against each other. Like who do you who you find yourself rooting for more is how you get uh, you dwindle it down. I know that's not um, perfect situation here, but that might be uh, a way to do it. That okay. that was just one of the ways I was thinking watching them play and then figuring out. Well, see, the, one of the things that drew me to Everton was the blue and the yes. manager, Marco Silva. I mean, how do I not go with that <laughs> yes. guy? You know what yes. I mean? Great, great last name. And I said, you know, and the reason why I eliminated Everton was, you know, uh, soccer teams change managers all the time. And you said they had a lot invested in him. So it's like. Oh, they look, I don't think he could. Look, Chelsea changed managers every year. So their guy just came in last year. He's gone off to Juventus. Because they didn't think he did a good enough job when he got third place and he won him a European Cup, the NIT of the of the uh, NIT of Europe. So they they clean house left and right. My other question was of these teams, 
I need I need a guy. I need a guy to root for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need, I need... Well, Aston Villa's got the dude that got punched in the punched in the neck this year. Oh, I you can't remember... have a guy getting punched in the neck. You remember that guy, the fan that came charging on oh, the field? Oh, yeah. Guy, and then scored in that game. Okay. Problem oh. is he only might be there for a couple more years because then a bigger club will buy him. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. And I, I, Aston Villa could turn into what they call a yo-yo. Where they just go up, up and down. Up and down, up no, and down. I need, I need a, well, I need that's a... the thing. See, that's the thing, though, too. I wanted somebody that was, like, right in the middle. Well, that's why I said Everton. Everton, I went back looked at the last 10 years in the table. They finished fifth Love once it. at the highest, and then they've been the lowest. They've finished, like, 11th. Okay. So they're always in the thick of it. And I know we were talking to another another buddy who uh, is a big premier guy, but I can't really take his advice on team fandom because that guy flip-flops more than— Who is it? Steven. Oh, he likes Crystal Palace. No, but with his, all his other teams. I mean, he's a Germany football guy. Oh, and he's yeah, never yeah. been to Germany. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to he, just... he was a He's a Stars fan, but now that the Blues won the Stanley Cup, he was all about the Blues. Well, but I think he's from St. Louis. He's always been a Blues guy. I'll, I'll back him on okay, that. Okay, all right, all right. See, I didn't know that because he's always talking about the Stars, how much he loves the Stars. No, no, no. He he, he covered up the Stars magnet schedules in here with Blue schedules. Oh, this really? Year. Oh, okay, it, okay. It so then maybe, okay, so then I, then I got some bad no, no, information no. there. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Jeff that, that was, was on me. looking for who did this. That one's on me. Um, so, but he said Chelsea is kind of like the, uh, you know, like the the top, the front runner kind of. They're pick. they're they they could be considered a front runner in there. And see, and so I wanted to be right in the middle there because I got the Yankees, who people like uh, said accused <laughs> me of it, being yep. a bandwagon, yep. and then I got the three other teams who are just always at the bottom. Yes. So I need somebody right there in the middle. So I, I would say Everton's right in the middle. I uh, that's it's funny that I eliminated them first because that's that's the way I'm leaning right now. <laughs> no. uh, so I think if I had to rank him, it'd be Everton, Chelsea, Aston Villa, one to three. All right, we will continue to follow this story and talk about it next week on the short thing. We will talk. We had thanks for everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.